1: my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. It's September, and that means it's time to start thinking about Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's travel. Not kidding. I'm going to tell you when to book and whether you need travel insurance with that trip. And later, With Labor Day weekend happening, thought it'd be a good time to update you on some news around the job market, opportunities you won't want to miss. So airfares this summer were berserk. They were so ridiculously expensive. And it wasn't like we were trying to go on a lunar launch somewhere. But the fares were charged like that. But like a launch to space, a huge number of flights kept being scrubbed and delayed and delayed and delayed. I want you to know the fall is going to be better on every front. So a lot of the factors with the flight delays and cancels aren't going to be present over the fall. A lot of airlines like American just for one month uh, canceled 31,000 flights coming up later this fall. They're pairing schedules to become more reliable, which is also going to relieve pressure on airport workers, flight attendants, gate agents, pilots, reservationists, you name it. Things are not going to be as bad, ugly as they've been. Because the fall is a slower travel time. The corporate travelers are not back in mass yet. And so airlines live in the fall and the winter on corporate travelers. And they're just not flying like they were. They're back some, but not flying like they were. So they're going to be a smaller number of flights. But at the same time, the fares are posting much, 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 much better for fall. And I've been looking closely at Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's fairs, And if you avoid a small number of days through the holidays, the fares are actually really good for holiday travel if you buy now. What I do is I look at calendar maps. That's what I call them. There's probably a better term for it where you can put in a sample of city pairs. You bring up a calendar for November and December, And you look and you see what the fares are day by day. And you really get a sense. In Southwest, you can do this. Uh, Google.com slash flights for airlines. Other than Southwest, you can see the fares day by day. And as long as you avoid the four most expensive travel days of the year, you won't have to sell a family member to afford the ticket. What are those four days at Thanksgiving? the Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and the Sunday and Monday following Thanksgiving. Those four days, historically, normally are the highest volume traffic days of the year. And the airfares, in turn, reflect that. And I was amazed. I was taking notes. And what was fascinating is switching the days just a little bit at Thanksgiving cut fares by an average of 58 percent. So it's up to you and where you work if you have the flexibility to flex around those four days. Christmas, New Year's is much easier, but there is a wrinkle this year. When Christmas and New Year's fall on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, lower airfares are much easier to find With Christmas and New Year's being midweek, people disperse their travel much more. This year, Christmas and New Year's on a Sunday, which is one of the real expensive days in particular for Christmas, New Year's travel. They tend to concentrate around the day before, day after Christmas, the day after New Year's. Very, very expensive. You stay away from those days. Again, you'll see... When you look at those fair calendars, those fair maps, you'll see how much money you can save by flexing. But this is a case where procrastination, I don't think, will pay because the first part I told you, the airlines reducing their flying load schedules through the fall means that the lower cost tickets will be soaked up earlier, not later. And so that's why it's important. To not procrastinate. So, trip insurance. Trip insurance has been much more popular than it used to be because of all the endless disruptions to people's lives and wallets and travel plans because of COVID. But trip insurance is good in narrow circumstances. You're simply buying an airline ticket unless you never ever fly except very occasionally and you hate the whole thing and you never want to go, trip insurance is not really that valuable to you because airlines now don't charge except the full fare airlines do on their basic economy. Those are non-refundable, non-changeable, non-everything. But on other fare classes, the money doesn't go away and there's no penalty. It just becomes like almost like gift card money that has to be used within a certain time, unless it's Southwest and so it can be used forever. And hopefully, marketplace pressures will force other airlines to loosen the terms on using that money. So, if it's just a straight, simple airline ticket, don't buy any insurance. Second, hotel stays. Most hotel bookings allow you to cancel typically three to seven days out from travel. Generally, that's not something you need to insure. Usually, you know you're going when you get that close to travel. What do you need to insure? A cruise, a tour that is non refundable, an exotic foreign itinerary. Those are the cases that scream for trip insurance. Shop around for trip insurance, the premiums vary enormously. Do not buy coverage for your cruise ever from a cruise line. The cruise lines are carrying massive amounts of debt. There's no assurance that they're all going to make it cuz COVID was like an endless sucker punch for the cruise lines and they could face liquidity crises. In other words, they could be broke at some point. So you buy insurance for your cruise third party aggregators like insure my trip there are several now where you can compare, mix and match, see what's available from different insurers for your trip. That's where you buy it for one of these exotic tours, exotic overseas trips, or a cruise. Krista?
0: Okay, this question's from Lori in Virginia. I recently learned about a discount airline ticket site geared toward business travelers called Skylux. I was curious if Clark had any information on the legitimacy of sites and services like this, Any pros and cons and maybe some insight into their business model if it's legit.
1: Yeah. So Laurie, you mentioned Skylux. There are perhaps a couple of dozen of these generally under the umbrella of what used to be referred to as consolidators. We used to talk about consolidators. So if you go read reviews on Skylux or any of its competitors, the reviews will be from greatest thing ever to unfortunately quite a few this was the nightmare experience of my life. These people are running a scam, blah, blah, blah. The problem is you're inserting an unusual business model into the purchase of a ticket because you're not just dealing with somebody like Expedia Travelocity, somebody like that, Priceline. You're dealing with someone who is a third-party and doing whatever they can to get you a discount, and something goes wrong, and that's when things seem to fall apart. So where so, do they
0: get their tickets from?
1: So there are a number of things that happen. Uh, some of these w- that are for a business class or first class tickets, a lot of times they're acting as a broker. And I don't know if Skylux does this, but they act as a broker for people's frequent flyer miles. So you're acquiring a zillion miles on your favorite airline, Krista. They fly all over the world, and people want to go front of the plane, or at least not in crunch class. And so you might need some money to pay bills. So you would sell your points to someone who then uses them to issue a ticket at a discount to somebody else. Oh, okay. So that's one strategy. Another is airlines particularly for international travel, may be running a surplus of seats. They don't want a discount for everybody. They may offer an off-the-book special to certain favored consolidators. And so the retail price might be, let's say, $2,000 for a ticket, and they sell it to the consolidator for $1,200, then the consolidator sells it to you for $1,600. The airline gets the 1200 that they would have gotten zero for the seat. You get it for 1600 and the consolidator gets the difference. A lot of things go wrong there, too. There's one player in this that, for premium seats, does offer discounts that are published, and that's American Express. American Express, through its travel organization, if you sign into your American Express account, and you go to International Airline Program, you'll see if they're offering discounts below the published price. And they show you the published price, and then what American Express has negotiated with that airline. I assume American Express is paying less than that. You're paying the markup that they have come up with. American Express, you're not worried about, hopefully, messing with you. But when you start dealing with these smaller organizations, it's a gamble. It's a bit like a roll of the dice, I guess I could say.
0: Okay. This is from Keith. He says, I'm an army soldier in Zama, Japan. I hope I'm saying that right. My wife and I have a fun way to put a little bit of money away for vacations. Every chance we get, we save 500 yen pieces and put them into a tanuki, Hope I'm saying that right as well, bank. The Tanuki is like a cute raccoon and a token of good luck in Japan. Anyway, we've been doing this since last October and are traveling to Indonesia to visit my wife's family. We have well over 200,000 yen in coins saved. Well, I don't need to tell you how the yen has tanked. My question is, do we cut our losses and cash out or hold out with the expectation of the yen bouncing back? We don't necessarily need this money, but it would help.
1: So... Keith, first, again, thank you so much for your service to our great nation serving in the U.S. military in Japan. I appreciate what you're doing for our freedom. And then the Pacific, where showing force and strength on our part is really important right now against a hostile enemy and communist China. So the dollar has been the super currency of the world. It is the mega currency of the world lately, which is ironic because for many years, people have been talking about the decline of the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. But the dollar has been intensely strong lately to the point that it's almost certainly overshot in value. So you got some time before your trip, not much time, but I would give it just the few weeks you have remaining to see if there is any recovery because the losses are already baked in and the odds the dollar continues to strengthen from here, not as likely as the dollar weakening some from here. And the reality is, even though the yen have lost value over this time, the fact that you've saved the money means you have the 200,000 yen saved to defray the cost of the trip. Speaking of taking this trip to Indonesia, what if the military said to you, you know what, we love you, Keith. Take as much vacation as you want. Take, take the next year off if you want. What would you do? Well, more and more companies are offering unlimited vacation. Can I have unlimited vacation, Chris? Sure. Okay, fine. No, uh, more and more are, but how's it actually playing out? in real life i want to talk about that and i also want to talk about since i mentioned earlier it's labor day weekend what if you've retired but you'd like to get back in the workforce just a little bit i want to talk about that where it could come with some very interesting perks hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news I say, take your vacation. It drives me crazy how many people leave vacation on the table that it is use it or lose it in a year. It's not fair to yourself. And old expression, I never knew a dying man who wished he spent more time at his work, right? And you learn, think about a job you're really invested in and you leave or they throw you out the door. And then later it's like, Why did I do all that at that job? Why did I not take care of myself while I was at that job? Well, employers now are trying all different kinds of things to try to keep people from leaving because there's been such an increase in what's known as velocity. The number of people quitting jobs, the quit rate has been really high. And employers still facing a situation where there's far more jobs they're trying to fill than there are people looking for work right now. So employers on the benefit side are doing things. And the hot thing lately that I remember we first talked about back in 2019 where just a few employers were doing it was unlimited vacation. There's no like you're in so many days per year of employment and all that. You just, hey, take as much as you want. But what's happened so often is people are afraid that if they take too much time off, they're going to stand out in a bad way. And so people, I mean, it's like true behavioral economics, people are taking, in many cases, less vacation than they took before. So be good to yourself. Be fair to yourself. And make sure you're allowing time for yourself to chill to be with family and friends, to see things you want to see. If the purpose of vacation is to get away from your family, make sure you take it so you can do that. Whatever it is, take the time for yourself. Work will always be there. I'm not necessarily that work, but I mean, work is just so ever present in our lives, right? So you got to take care of the other side, the leisure side. Remember, I'm the same guy, if you've listened to me long enough, you know how much fun I've made of the French, where the French government used to have work police who would find companies if they saw people leave the office with a work laptop. It's not a joke. There are situations where people go too far the other way. But Americans work. I mean, we work, work too much. And squeeze some of the joy out of life by how much we do work. So this Labor Day weekend, please remember that. Labor Day supposedly is to appreciate us for working, right? But remember, part of the whole picture that gives you time in the machine is making sure that you take time to recharge, to rest, reflect, relax, enjoy, and go see I'm really in the go see part. And that's what I want to talk about. My brother, my oldest brother, when he was 70, went to work for Southwest Airlines as a gate agent so he could get flight privileges. And he was so excited. He was so excited till he started doing the work and work and work and work and work. There was mandatory overtime all the time and all that. It was one of those things that's like when people buy a boat, that the happiest day in their life is the day they buy the boat, and the happiest day in their lives is the day they sell their boat. My brother was so excited the day he got hired, and even more excited the day he quit, because it was too much of a good thing became a bad thing. Well, now the airlines need people so badly that several of the nation's airlines for retirees like my brother are rolling out part-time work, limited number of hours, and it varies by airline how many hours you have to work to qualify to get flight privileges. And so this is a new way of trying to attract labor that deals with bumps in volume that the airlines face certain times of the week are much busier than other times and what a deal to pick up free flight privileges.
0: Don't you even think about it.
1: You, you know <laughs> that someday. I know. I know. Someday I'm going to do that.
0: Or be a door greeter at Costco you've talked about.
1: Yeah. You know, but I, Costco wouldn't want me as a door greeter because I'd be saying, hey, by the way, there's really good clearance items on aisle 117 right now. <laughs> That's not what you're supposed to do at the door. So that's not what I'm going to do. But one other thing with the job market I've been meaning to mention, the job market is still great, but it's not as strong as before. And we've had questions from people, hey, is it okay to pretend I have a job offer when I don't to try to beat money out of my employer? That was never a good idea, and now it's a bad idea because a lot of employers are worried about labor costs more than they've been in a while, you pull that and they might say, okay, well, it's been really nice having you here. Hope you enjoy working for the new company. So be careful trying to bluff your way to a higher wage with your employer. Really have a real offer you're willing to take before you use that as a playing card to get more money out of your boss. So I shouldn't tell you that I got this great job offer from Alaska Airlines and you better match it or I'm going. I'll match it. You'll match it?
0: We'll match it. Okay. Tony in Maryland says, I'm a new graduate and looking to build my credit for when I decide to buy a house in a few years. I see that you recommend owning at least two credit cards. How frequently should I plan on adding a new card to my wallet?
1: So the Noah's Ark rule I use of the two cards, that's the minimum. If your goal is to buy a home, having multiple lines of credit they can evaluate are good. If you end up Buying a vehicle and you have a vehicle loan, that's a great additional source of credit. So you don't necessarily have to have more than the two credit cards. Just make sure the two cards are from two different issuers. If a better offer comes along for a card and you want to get another card later, fine. Do not apply for any form of credit, any form of credit in the six months before you plan to apply for a mortgage for a home. Recent applications for credit are looked at really badly in the mortgage business, but in overall traditional credit reporting, they don't affect you that badly. For a mortgage, they can.
0: And this is from Bill in Pennsylvania. This is regarding Clark's recent comments regarding some insurance companies selling off policies to third-party companies. Does the state insurance guarantee coverage for life policies and annuities remain in place after insurance companies sell the policy to a third-party company?
1: Yes, it does. The, the risk level, as I've explained, Bill, gets higher on the insurance a lot of times when the risk is unloaded to another company but you remain eligible under state guarantee funds that are not like FDIC insurance. very important for you to understand the state equivalent for insurance products like life insurance and annuities and stuff is a poor, measly, terrible imitation of FDIC or NCUA insurance on bank accounts and credit union accounts. So you never want to have too much money with any one insurer at risk and know that the state guarantee systems don't have real money backing them like you have with the federal government backing bank accounts. And that's why I talk so much about the strength of an insurer when you buy a policy. And what Bill's talking about, is you would have done everything right. You would have checked the financial strength of an insurer before you buy from them. And then they decide they don't want the book of business you're part of, and they sell it off to who knows who that could be of questionable financial strength. And it's the states that are letting the insureds down by allowing the sales of these books of business to organizations that don't have solid financial strength. The good news is so far... There have been very, very few failures. The biggest problem is not so much losing money, it's losing access to your money for a meaningful period of time because these state guarantee associations are so pathetic.
0: This is from Mark in Hawaii. There's a constantly changing group of young people aged 18 and over doing work and stay situations on farms out here in the big island of Hawaii. I want to purchase one of your books to donate and place in their living area. Which one of your books is most helpful in telling them how to save money and invest in their future towards retirement? As a member of team Clark, I could recite many of your suggestions to them and will recommend the podcasts, but there's nothing better than to curl up with a great book from a great author.
1: So Mark, um, I would say better than, one of my books, if I was going to recommend any of the books, it would be the Living Large series, which is Living Large and Lean Times and Living Large for the Long Haul. Uh, long Haul in particular might be interesting to people, uh, let's say 18 to 24, because it's a lot of inspirational stories from people, how they overcame situations in their lives with money or things that they accomplished in their lives just through their creativity and hard work. But I love... The YouTube videos we do, I think they're really wonderful. We have a free YouTube channel with a bunch of videos. They're relatively short. They're good teaching vehicles on specific topics. And they refer back to more in-depth information we have available on Clark.com. So I would say you've got such a visual generation in the workforce you're talking about that watching the videos is probably going to make a better connection to them than reading a traditional book. Just and they, my thought. They
0: could also connect with us on TikTok and Instagram. We do have a lot of reels on Instagram and TikTok videos to try to help teach about personal finance. So I would add that in there too. This is from Sarah in Wisconsin. I would like to add more info about fake reviews. A few months ago, I bought a cheap tablet. After roughly a month and a half, An error message came up on the screen and locked me out. I tried to get a hold of the company for tech support, but was ignored, so I wrote a bad review on my experience. Now, for the last several weeks, I have been receiving emails from the company. I've copied one of the emails below, and it says... Hello, if I don't convince clients to delete enough reviews, I risk losing my job. It is not easy to have a job in these difficult times, and I need income to support my family. You can help me if you don't mind. We'd like to give you a refund of $30. Can you tell us more about what you think? Please reply to me.
1: Oh, boy. So using the full guilt card and a little bounty of money to try to change the nature and tone of reviews. Oh, that is disturbing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So on the tablet front, if you're looking for an inexpensive tablet, look at either the Amazon Fire line of tablets or look at the Walmart tablet line, which I think is referred to as ONN tablets. Both companies sell very inexpensive tablets that seem to be pretty reliable. And speaking of reviews, I want to read one of our fake reviews. No, this was not (laughs) fake. I want to thank Bexter W. for this review on Apple Podcasts. It says, it may be an addiction. I've been listening to Clark Howard for probably two decades now. I love the info. I enjoy how he teaches. I'm talking about myself like third person here. And it's just a relaxing, soothing, educational show. My family laughs at me about it. (laughs) But they always ask me, what would Clark say? Then I have my own show as I impart wisdom to my family. And thank you for making me seem smart, Clark, instead of saying, thank you for making me Clark smart. (laughs) So thank you for the review. I'm glad you enjoy what we do on each of these podcasts and what this is all about is empowering you. I talk about that at the beginning of each podcast. You know, knowledge has lots of results. The result I want you to have from the information I give you, the dividend being that you're able to take more control of your own life, your own wallet. It is not about worshiping money. It is about you having more independence in your life to do with your life what you want. Have a great day.